0: Hello everyone. Welcome once again to the Undisputed Future Podcast. This is episode 55 and I am CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT coverage. 55 episodes. Once again, like I like to start out the shows with, thank you for listening whether this is your first time or your 55th time. I appreciate it every single step of the way and there's a lot of turmoil heading towards Takeover Chicago. Two. And this episode, another landmark 5 or 0 ending episode, I always like to add a little bit of a kick to it, so I had some Twitter discussions going on between two former NXT champions and two former sets of NXT Tag Team Champions locking up, and of course there were a variety of answers involving triple threat matches and fatal four-way matches and unbelievable... Gimmick-type matches we are yet to see in an NXT ring, despite how anybody is booked on the main roster, the unique pairings I saw from this question, guys, thank you so much for responding, got a whole bunch of new followers out of it too, so welcome to Team NXT, if this is the first time you are able to listen to the show, so I will get to those at the end, but first I'm here to discuss the June 6th, 2018 edition of NXT, and it all Begins with Baszler, Shayna Baszler, a victim of Nikki Cross's psychotic rampage of last week, sticking up for Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai, a recent victim of Shayna Baszler, unable to capitalize on a championship opportunity and victimized, sadly and heinously, by the Kirafuda clutch. So Shayna Baszler out to prove a point that she's tougher, stronger, better than anybody and... Everything that the schoolyard bully is going to say, and everything that the tiny little nerd kid, or in this case, just the really, really weird kid in the classroom that you're always nice to because you're not sure how they're going to react one day to you or the schoolyard bully because Nikki Cross is that person. Shayna Baszler, however, really delivering the tone of this champion of dominance as any woman should at the top of the food chain in the NXT women's division. You look at these past champions that I will be running another question series of, in this upcoming week and that's going to be a part of my pre-Takeover Chicago show. I'm going to add Nikki Cross to that list because she is a current number one contender. She's one of the best female wrestling talents the WWE has and if you don't believe me you could tune into my interview with founding member of Sanity Sawyer Fulton a man who has known Nikki Cross very well and he says the exact same thing nearly verbatim, so Nikki Cross and Shayna Baszler has been finalized for NXT TakeOver Chicago 2, always be prepared to step into the ring with Nikki Cross, you always have to be prepared when you step into the ring with somebody as unpredictable as the psychotic Scott, the psychotic Scott, a confrontational cross, did rear her head towards Shayna Baszler, And Shayna Baszler with a clearly rhetorical question here, folks. Is she crazy? Is she crazy? She wants me to hit her? Is she crazy? Obviously rhetorical. If you pay attention to Nikki Cross, within the first 15 seconds, you'll clearly see that a couple screws are not quite tight in the head of the psychotic Scott. So Shayna Baszler asking a question that nobody really didn't know the answer to, and Nikki Cross just egging her on, do it, do it, do it, really instigating Baszler, and Shayna would shove and then get clubbed for her efforts, Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross breaking out in a little bit of a brawl, but this is the unique twist here, Team NXT, Baszler is on the other side of a beatdown, a huge Cross body, giving the challenger just a little bit of a psychotic edge, psychological edge, excuse me, I guess a Freudian slip when you're talking about Nikki Cross. Psychological edge against Shayna Baszler, or is that completely intentional and I was just being a clever podcast host? Let's go with that one. A huge Nikki Cross body would send Shayna Baszler out into the ring and into retreat, a state we have not seen Shayna Baszler in, even in her matches with Ember Moon, she was always determined, she was always face-to-face, she is dealing with I don't know, a horse of a completely different color and personality when dealing with Nikki Cross, Shayna Baszler has not seen an opponent like this in any stretch of her NXT women's wrestling or her in-ring professional wrestling, I don't even know if she's had MMA fights with anybody as psychotic as Nikki Cross. So, Baszler and Cross solidified and officially on the card for TakeOver Chicago 2. Hopefully, a successful send-off for Nikki Cross as she joins her Sanity family up on SmackDown Live, who are still, as of June 8th, Friday, at what time is it? About noon. June 6th, about noon, we're still yet to see Sanity on television despite all of these built-up Packages and promo videos and this that and the other thing since the superstar shakeup so it might not be too late for Nikki Cross if they debut sanity all at once maybe just the announced names of Dane Wolf and Young were announced because their schedule is free. Maybe they were just waiting to announce Nikki Cross as if to avoid spoiling a TakeOver Chicago outcome? I don't know. I personally would love to see Nikki Cross with the NXT Women's Championship gold. I know consistent co-host of mine from the earlier episodes, Nikki Six, also a huge fan of Nikki Cross. You kind of wonder why that is, don't you? So Cross and Baszler, definitely a match to look forward to on the already stacked card that is TakeOver Chicago 2, and speculation for SmackDown is up for anybody's picking. The women of NXT began this episode and also closed this episode as Kairi Sane locked up in her three-match series finale with Lacey Evans, the lady of NXT, looking to get a huge series win in her early career of NXT. But let's shift away from that. Let's talk about TM61 and this new attitude the Australians have developed. Taking on Mike Hundley, and you're going to have to go over to the folks at who got next for his tag team partner name, because I was all about the showcasing that TM61 were delivering. Really really benefiting from this change of attitude, guys. I take them so much more seriously now, and I'll I'll mention it each and every time, but just in case this is your first time listening to me, the Who Is Roderick Strong segments gave him a huge NXT Championship rivalry with Bobby Roode. They gave him a heel turn, ends alignment, ends an NXT Tag Team Championship run with the Undisputed Era. Bianca Belair... Huge success on NXT television so far. Her video package, who is Bianca Belair, airing last week, obviously living a privileged life, and obviously getting a major push after this Baszler and Nikki Cross rivalry wraps up. Or at least that's just my speculation based on what it has done for these past superstars. TM61 really getting the heel spotlight of the NXT tag team division, unless your names are Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, or Adam Cole. These guys are really taking that undercard, not-quite-champions heel role in NXT. They would even call out teams such as the War Raiders and teams they were already victorious on, such as Heavy Machinery and Street Profits, possibly for a more legit finish to a match. You might want to see another rematch with this new moveset as well as this new attitude. But absolute dominance by TM61, proving once again the Mighty do not kneel with their third consecutive win. They proved we are the best team. Kneel down and call them the Mighty, because the Mighty do not kneel. Okay, will TM61 be officially called The Mighty, this is a hot topic I've seen on the Twitter, it was speculated by the boys over at, uh, I don't know the article, but I know my friends Who Got Next did post something like that, I did read it, I want to take time because The Mighty is, it's a simpler name, it's not so much a reference, like you gotta know the dial out and the country code of TM61, why that's so important, the Mighty 61 and that 61 for Australia, and I don't know if WWE was sick of the Pokemon Technical Machine comparisons to their tag team name, are the Aussies just going by the Mighty, and I support it either way, TM61, I understand it, I'm all about that name, although we are the Mighty, and the Mighty do not kneel. It's been their catchphrase for a long time. The Mighty Do Not Kneel was their full tag team off on the independent scene pre-NXT. So just simply going by The Mighty, Shane Thorne, and Nick Miller could be simpler, could be more beneficial to them. Could add a little bit more of a dominant presence just by saying The Mighty when you refer to these two really tough gentlemen. So I think it's really, it could be beneficial to them, a name change We're still debating whether War Raiders is better than War Machine. It's not better, but it's also not the worst name transition in my opinion either. I think TM61 to the Mighty, I think it's a straight trade across. I don't think it's any better. I don't think it's any worse. I think it's it's perfectly fine. It matches them. It matches their already existing catchphrase. It doesn't take away anything from their character. If anything, it means that their phrase has a little bit more oomph and impact behind such a thing. And speaking of oomph and impact, perfect segue into the Performance Center footage of now number one contender for the NXT Championship. I'm talking, of course, about the Leviathan, Lars Sullivan. It's terrifying footage, folks. They should have shown the uh, mature rating logo up in the left-hand corner for this stuff, victimization of every single man in that ring, not that any of this is really surprising to long-term NXT viewers, we've seen Lars Sullivan take out men in three-on-one handicap scenarios before, and we know of the grueling history that his tag team partners have shared. But Lars Sullivan looking more and more like a credible championship competitor as the weeks go by. I thought he did a much better job in his in-ring promo against Aleister Black than expected. The only man to catch and counter the Black Mass, that's already something pretty impressive to have on your resume going into a takeover event. But speaking of takeover events, let's jump into the tag team championship rivalry Roderick Strong goes one on one with the bald British bruiser, Danny Birch. Danny Birch, obviously a namesake of my own. So, Danny Birch has had my personal support since the UK tournament. I thought he was a fine in ring hand before then, but Danny Birch and that tough, tough finish he had in his round one matchup of the first inaugural UK Championship tournament really, really earned respect in my eyes. But this match delivered, as expected, two of the most technically sound men representing their tag teams, although there's really nothing Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan can't do as pro wrestlers. But I really see the submission side and the technicality as opposed to the striking, and I think Danny Birch is the strong man on that front. A strong matchup against Roderick Strong, a technical start, a really scrappy, gritty matchup you might find in an independent champion, in an independent scene ring, it just, just that feel of the grittiness that these moves and these chops and these punches really had, really telling a story between two tag teams that just absolutely despise each other. But just like the first NXT television defense of the North American Championship of Adam Cole versus Orny Lorcan, it would not go on without interference by the Undisputed Era. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole looking to make a distraction and possibly the save for Roderick Strong... But Pete Dunne, the Bruiserweight, the WWE UK Champion, and Danny Burch's tag team partner Oni Larkin would make the interference for their respective man as well. But unfortunately, Adam Cole, just the slightest bit craftier, putting Oni Larkin out of commission just long enough for him to lead Roddy to a victory via a absolutely vicious pendulum backbreaker. But the unfinished business, and this was my favorite part of NXT television this evening, the unfinished business that Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong have. Roddy is not forgotten about in the eyes of the UK champion. You do not turn your back on the bruiserweight during the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic tournament and expect a man with a chip on his shoulder like Pete Dunne has to forget about it. The guy can hold the grudge as much as he can hold your body parts in places you didn't know that they would bend. The guy knows more about joint manipulation than Tommy Chong, as some of you might famously hear me talk about. So Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne possibly locking up for one more time, fully integrating this change of attitude in Roderick Strong. I could definitely see it. I could watch those two in the ring you could take any combination of a singles match between these six gentlemen, and you could throw in Bobby Fish for the heck of it too, once he becomes healthier, and any combination of these seven men would make for entertaining singles matches, but I cannot wait for that NXT Tag Team Championship match at TakeOver Chicago 2, because it's bound to be, it's a sleeper. It's a sleeper on the match cards of the weekend, we have the stacked Money in the Bank ladder match card as well, we have some singles matches during that pay-per-view, and we have this tag team match between four of the hardest working guys in professional wrestling. It's official, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly will be the defending pair for the Undisputed Era, and they take on Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch for those NXT Tag Team Championships, In a sleeper match and what could possibly be a match I'm calling match of the weekend. I'm glad I got to talk about the Undisputed Era right before this next segment because it's two men I really see qualifying for that North American championship sooner rather than later. EC3 would interrupt a Cassius Ono photo segment. Shoot. Photo shoot. That's the word I'm looking for. Cassius Ono sporting a new boxing, robe, hoodie, I thought it was a cool little look, and then EC3 would turn the narcissism up to a 10, and infer victory after victory after victory, including one against Cassius Ono in a match and a challenge made for next week. The go-home show for Chicago will feature EC3 taking on Cassius Ono, a match with two veterans of the ring here in NXT, and two guys making a second stint here in NXT, Cassius Ono and EC3, both veterans of the system. If you didn't know that, you could look up EC3's work as Derek Bateman here, and you could look up the earlier works of Cassius Ono. Drifting away from those two guys, though, let's talk about the NXT champion, just NXT champion... The NXT world champion, yes, it's been defended in several countries before, it's a world championship in my eyes. Nonetheless, I'm talking about Aleister Black. Aleister Black, still confident, still unintimidated, calm, cool, and collected as we know the Dutch Destroyer to be. The only thing that is certain with Aleister Black is that he's going to try his damnedest and that his opponents are going to fade to black. I don't know how he's going to do it against Lars Sullivan, but I really want to see Aleister Black going into TakeOver Brooklyn 4 as champion. I'm incredibly selfish with this prediction, but I really want Aleister Black to win so I get to see another great entrance of his in the Barclays Center. So that's just my little prediction. Lars Sullivan is looking like a credible threat. Both of these guys getting video packages to promote themselves this week. But Aleister Black will be live in Full Sail University next week for the go-home show towards NXT TakeOver Chicago. Speaking of video packages, an unbelievable one would highlight the Ricochet and Velveteen Dream rivalry as well. A rivalry built on spotlight and the promise of two incredible young talents. There really is, there's little denying it. I'm all about that NXT Tag Team Championship match. But Ricochet and Velveteen Dream, knowing the drive that these two guys have, they will not settle for anything less than match of the weekend. So we are definitely insured a match for the TakeOver spotlight as well as a spectacle. And if you've listened to me before and my TakeOver specials, you know that's my favorite word to describe an NXT TakeOver event. We can expect nothing less than a spectacle from the sequel to the first NXT TakeOver Chicago. And you know why that match and that card was so iconic. We know why that ending was so heartbreaking. And we'll get to that because disdain by the audience played at its highest volume as Tommaso Ciampa made his way for the main event segment of the night. But I told you that the ladies would start the show off in ring. They would close out the show as well. The Lady of NXT... The former Marine, Lacey Evans, taking on Mae Young Classic winner and the Pirate Princess, Kyrie Sane. Without a doubt, Lacey Evans is the the most improved in the NXT women's division of 2017 to 2018. Please debate me on it because I really don't think there's many points out there that can prove otherwise. Nobody has made a complete package of Of a character, the in-ring development, the evolution of a moveset quite like Lacey Evans has. And she's in there with one of the best talents of NXT's women's division. I love rivalries like this because they benefit both competitors. This was a great series of matches. It even got a small little promo to really highlight how important this three-match series was. And even the small little things for this match were brilliant, literally a fist with Kyrie Sane's name on it, Lacey Evans is not just all talk, she is action and execution as well, I almost combined those words and pronounced it really awkwardly, but action and execution is what Lacey Evans is all about, a fist with her name on it for Kyrie Sane, but Sane would gain the advantage here after quite a while, Lacey Evans with a huge offensive display. That's where I mentioned the evolution of her moveset. Really displaying her talents in this match. Really showing how much she's grown via the live circuits and the house shows. And just any time you see Lacey Evans in the ring, there's something new in her arsenal. And an unbelievable, gorgeous-looking moonsault would be dodged by Kyrie Sane. And that would pretty much spell the victory out for the Pirate princess Kyrie sane would use her speed and her cunning to land the insane elbow for another win and for that two out of three tiebreaker in this three match series is there any better looking aerial move in a women's division than Kyrie sane's insane elbow you can argue charlotte flair's moonsault maybe i can't think of anything else off the top of my head Zelina Vega launches off the ring apron and delivers a mean Hurricane Rana. We've seen her attempt that off the top rope, as well. I mean, that's a very gorgeous looking move, but from an opponent laying on the ground, and a woman climbing and scaling the top rope, and delivering something, it looks, it looks so like reckless. And she's throwing her whole entire body off the turnbuckle, and she's using every single pound for pound of her dimin- diminutive dynamo frame and she's driving her elbow precisely into the opponent's ribs right in the shot to the heart no matter where it lands she knows where she wants it to land she was working lacey's midsection that match and then drops the absolute precise elbow right in that spot it was a great match between these two ladies an unbelievable series A rivalry that benefited both competitors. You really can't ask for much more in the NXT women's division. Great job by Kyrie. Looking forward to Lacey Evans' future as a championship competitor herself. And now we go from a women's rivalry to a man who put a woman's possible in-ring career in jeopardy last week when Candice LeRae was made a victim of the insane rivalry between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Champa is here. Disdained by the audience is screaming. Which means Tommaso Champa has just entered Full Sail University. He's going to keep talking no matter what the audience chants at him. He could care less. He could not care less. I hate when people misuse that. I'm not going to go his head and use that myself. He could not care less about the Psycho Killer chants. Tommaso Ciampa does not care who supports him anymore. The black heart of NXT is all about himself. And he's framing Johnny Gargano as Johnny Badass now, really thinking that he could take it to Tommaso Ciampa. The only thing he's done is put his wife in jeopardy. Do not show up to take over, or the Gargano fairy tale will come to an end. Absolutely cryptic and chilling words. By the Sicilian psychopath, Tommaso Champa is out for vengeance. At Takeover Chicago too, a city that w- you could—I'm not even going to go into it. You can look at Tommaso Champa's Twitter. Tommaso Champa winning Twitter more days than he's not. That's a point any NXT discussion show should be driving home. Tommaso Champa is winning social media each and every week. I'm shaking my fist in anger. I have such vigor. For this point. Tommaso Ciampa at Project Champa Vows that Chicago. The city that turned its back on him. Will be seeing a whole. New bloodied and beat down side. Of Johnny Gargano. But not before Tommaso Ciampa. Would be a victim of that himself. The Gargano. The Gargano drive. To absolutely destroy Tommaso Ciampa. Is undeniable. The Gargano brawl. Every inch of Full Sail University was fists swinging between Gargano and Champa. Another great episode for NXT. As if you can't be any more typed for a TakeOver Chicago sequel. We have these two guys being able to brawl all over the NXT arena. A Gargano escape would be slapped on by Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso using Gargano's own submission move against him. The man he formerly knew as his brother. The man who has won the NXT Tag Team Championships with Johnny using that move. Slaps it on Gargano. And then you see the end credits. And you think it's all over. Everything is always over for Johnny as those credits are rolling. And then something bad just happens to Gargano. This time, I think the NXT end credits made a kind of babyface turn here because an absolute brawling beatdown by Gargano on Champa would continue after that Gargano escape. Johnny not taking things lying down. Gargano would chase down Champa, and blood would be boiling and blood would be spilled. Gargano locking on the submission himself and forcing Champa to once again tap out, this time using the Gargano escape. No knee brace, no knee brace this time. But the blood is boiling over, the blood is spilling out of Tommaso Champa's head. I don't have any numerical statistics on the stitches, but Tommaso Champa did receive stitches after that brutal beatdown and bloodiness at the end of this edition of NXT. I'll I'll say it in the, I'll repeat myself here. As if you can't be any more hyped for a TakeOver Chicago sequel, we have Gargano and Champa in a street fight. We've already seen blood spilled. I can only imagine what's going to go down at the main event of TakeOver Chicago 2. Because this match has to be the main event. You can't have them go ladder match, tag team title main event, against the Authors of Pain, and have this build for over a year. Just about over, maybe just about a year to the date, and of course the semantics are going to argue with me, oh, Tommaso Champa was injured for a bundle of it, the timing could not be more important of this match, Gargano, Champa, Street Fight, Chicago, it just all has the elements of an unbelievable takeover main event. Will it be better than the unsanctioned match is the huge question in my mind. I hope that's on your mind too. Is an unsanctioned match too similar for a street fight to me to fully care about it? No, the answer is no because it's still a Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa fight, but it could have been probably a little bit more of a different match. I would love to see these two lock up in the first ever Hell in a Cell of NXT Granted, we did have war games just a number of months ago, so they might be trying to wait, trying to steer away from the steel structures for now. I don't know. Give me your thoughts on that one, Team NXT. I think it's just going to be an unbelievable event. TakeOver Chicago too. We don't have many sequels to TakeOver events. The only exception without Chicago is Brooklyn, and I'm fortunate enough to have attended all three of those and the fourth one coming up this week. August. So that concludes my coverage on the June 6th edition of NXT. Let's jump in right to the question of the series for episode 55. Former NXT champions locking up. Who do we have here? My personal pick was Neville taking on Seth Rollins in a ladder match. Neville and Seth Rollins had a great singles match. Once Seth Rollins put the WWE Championship on the line in an open challenge, great match, absolute barn burner, you see the red arrow, you think, oh my god, Neville's going to be WWE Champion, and then one of the greatest false finishes I have ever seen in my 20 plus years of watching wrestling occurred. Great match. It would be one I would love to see again the agility and athleticism of these two guys to put on a ladder match would also be great. We all know Neville's success for the NXT Championship in a ladder match. So that's just my personal opinion. Alistair Black versus Tyler Black. Two out of three falls. Ooh, Russell FPW at Russell FPW. Very clever with the last names of Seth Rollins, former character in Ring of Honor, taking on the current NXT champion, Aleister Black. The first ever versus the current NXT champion. Another really great match. Andrade versus Neville. No stipulation needed. At I follow WWE's favorite pay-per-view is SummerSlam. And that's his bet for that match. Andrade versus Neville. Shirtless Chauncena in a Jeep. <laughs> that's a great display name. That's an absolutely great display name. Um, What you got here, my friend, Mr. Warren Hayes. Mr. Warren Hayes wants to see Aleister Black versus Drew McIntyre. I really feel that's a match that we're owed. I really do. Drew McIntyre still needs that redemption match for the NXT Championship, although he does seem to be dealing with the complacency of the Monday Night Raw roster at the moment but there is a possible rematch in the future it's an inevitable match as warren hayes puts it once black heads up on the main roster there's a fair chance this might still happen i'm gonna have to agree with that because alistair black has actually had main roster matches before on the main event show of wwe which i believe is available on hulu don't quote me on that but i'm sure there's a way to watch those matches having two wins over Kurt Hawkins, yes, Aleister Black has two wins in the infamous losing streak of Kurt Hawkins. So with that being said, I really think there's a good probability that Aleister Black ends up on Monday Night Raw, and we really get that set up for a possible McIntyre and Aleister Black match. I think that has a pay-per-view worthy match all over it just by itself. Great pick, Mr. Warren Hayes. Brett Perry, one of my most consistent listeners and member of Team NXT. Straight match with no story build. He votes Seth Rollins versus Aleister Black as well at any of the big four pay-per-views. Booked with plenty of time to tell a single match story. I like that. I see these guys really targeting each other's legs because we know the devastation of the Black Mass. We know of Seth Rollins history of a knee injury, and we know how smart Aleister Black is as a kickboxer, a martial artist, and a competitor, so that's a great match by Brett Perry, Brett gives me another one, Ed Demon Finn for a triple threat match, if he had to give a stipulation, definitely great, and an intergender match, an intergender match answer with Asuka versus Andrade Cien Almas, at Sin City Brett if any of you guys want to follow him and get some more of his professional wrestling opinions because that's a really unique, really unique match. Two people with obvious history on the Japanese circuit where intergender wrestling is a little bit more common than here in the States. And I would definitely watch Oscar vs. Almas, two of the most sound wrestlers and technically gifted people on the roster. Great, great pick. Just MP at Michael Parker, WWE, Michael Park, WWE, no ER, just MP, Gargano versus AJ Styles in a ladder match. And then I went on to say former NXT champion, which AJ Styles, fortunate enough or unfortunate enough, depending on what's, depending on what scope you're going to look at that through. I, as an NXT podcast host would have loved more opportunities to talk about AJ Styles, but if you need any of my main roster coverage, you can always follow the Twitter at podcast underscore UF, where I'm getting all this very information from this thread at the moment. So MP would just go on to say Seth and Gargano, then I assume he means also in a ladder match, and I could not support that idea anymore. Johnny Gargano with some unfortunate history, however, in a ladder match. What do my friends over at Brotherly Love Wrestling have to say? At 215 Wrestling, Samoa Joe, Andrade, CN Almas, two out of three falls at any of the big four pay per views. You make Andrade credible enough on SmackDown Live, and you write him the right way, and you make Samoa Joe the no preference assassin, equal opportunity assassin. I don't know why I drew such a major blank there. You write those two guys right, that's a solid matchup right in the middle of the card for a WrestleMania. Those are two future U.S. champions or two future intercontinental competitors depending on where they end up at the next possible shakeup. So at 215 Wrestling, Brotherly Love Wrestling, one of my favorite handles right go- going on Twitter right now. This thread was heavily inspired by them, including me, in topics, I can't thank those guys enough, Angel Pena, at Doc Savage, at Act the Savage One, says Biggie versus Kevin Owens, two athletic, powerful wrestlers, with mean streaks, no stipulation, just a grudge, I like that, I like that a lot, you take two of the biggest, most athletic, NXT champions, As far as stature goes, and you lock them up against each other with just a little bit of bad blood, I would definitely watch that. Oh, here's here's a combination of stipulations here. I really like this. Bastion of Hate. At Bastion of Hate. B-A-S-T-I-O-N of Hate. Says Almas versus Balor in a 2 out of 3 falls steel cage match. Combination. I just don't like Finn Balor's history in Steel Cages, so I don't really know where to put my preference in that match, but definitely a good call there. Uh, Black vs. Rollins, another one, this time Josh Orchid at Josh Orchid Photo says Black vs. Rollins in a 30 minute Ironman match at any pay per view. You give these guys a solid half hour, it would be a barn burner of a match. I could not support that idea anymore. Another Finn Balor answer and another Alistair Black answer, at Rock and Roll podcast. Yeah, at Nick's R and W podcast says Finn versus Black at Mania. The demon, Alist- the demon versus Alistair Black, would be two incredible entrances just by themselves. You give those guys twenty minutes to a half hour. That's a match of the night on a WrestleMania card. That's a very Very good choice, the demon entrance, and anything remotely similar to what he got at TakeOver Brooklyn 3, or possibly at TakeOver Chicago 2, going in as NXT champion, could provide for some unbelievable visuals for a Wrestlemania. KC Walton, at the KC Walton, says, a traditional Survivor Series match. I loved this answer, guys. I really did. Traditional Survivor Series match, combination of all sorts of former NXT champions. On one team, we have Kevin Owens, Adrian Neville, Andrade Cien Almas, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Samoa Joe, taking on a team of Finn Balor, Aleister Black, Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, and Bobby Roode. Separating the two best friends, Sami Zayn and... Kevin Owens, I think that would be my one little adjustment. I would turn Bobby Roode and switch him for—I don't know. I think I would switch. I would switch Bobby Roode for Neville, and then I would move Shinsuke Nakamura for Zayn. Just, just, just one man's opinion. But even for coming out with the idea for a traditional Survivor Series match. That might be my favorite answer on the thread. I'm of course going to read you the rest of them, but I thought that was a really good idea and a great way to showcase some of the iconic building blocks of NXT. I quote Casey Walton on that one. Definitely seems like one to follow. I have another one from Colton Philpot, Cole number 10 underscore one Sammy fan. Says Seth Rollins and Andrade Almas in a no disqualification match. Love the combinations of Rollins and Almas. Ooh. Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. Says Demon King. And I know I'm going to botch his last, his last word in this name here. Hi. At Demon King H-I-E-I says Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. Three stages of hell. Normal match. Single show would kick off the show, second match, right smack in the middle of the card, give them a falls count anywhere, and then, for the main event, you give them, just as their bodies are beaten and bruised, you give them a 2 out of 3 falls match, 2 absolute Iron men. it would definitely solve a complacency issue on the Monday Night Raw roster, if you see 2 of those workhorses go at it for that long. Rollins versus Almas, thirty minute Ironman match at SummerSlan at Ripe Tide nineteen ninety nine. RIEP TIDE nineteen ninety nine. Neville versus Samoa Joe in a TLC match at Extreme Rules. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry eighty seven con eighty seven underscore HKHAN underscore eighty seven again. A Woken Warrior says Neville versus Joe in a TLC Extreme Rules match meaning tables, ladders, chairs, anything else underneath the ring, not just exclusively those things, at any of the big four pay-per-views. Would love to see another hardcore match at WrestleMania. I always think back to that Big Show, Raven, and Kane triple threat match at WrestleMania 17. Would love to see another really, really beatdown of a match happening at another big four pay-per-view. Sasha Banks versus us. Okay, I'm going to save that one for the next one. Great answer, Alex Fullwood. Black versus Joe would be a technical dream and amazing promos. Zachary Buffington, I'm with you at Toast twenty two eighty nine. I'm with you on that one, buddy. Alistair Black versus Samoa Joe would definitely be a technical masterpiece and a hard hitting match for sure. You cannot, you cannot undersell the striking ability of either of those competitors. Thank you to all you for answering that thread. That was all former NXT champions in a variety of gimmick match types. Give me one second and I'll be right back with NXT tag team champions of the past and present. Who's going to lock up on those match? Another successful thread. Thank you to anybody who answered that one as well. And on that team NXT, let's talk tag teams personally Give me The Revival versus DIY in any situation, but let's throw in O'Reilly and Strong in a triple threat TLC match. O'Reilly and Fish, really, really any combination of the Undisputed Era as far as I'm concerned. Give Adam Cole, of course, the singles spotlight. And the leadership role like it deserves. But any combination of Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong is perfectly acceptable to me. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of dynamic comes around once Roddy and Bobby Fish are in competing shape and who Kyle's going to be partnering with to defend those tag team titles in the future. But of course we know going into TakeOver, it's going to be K.O.R. and Roderick Strong. This was another good answer and one of my favorites right off the bat. The A-lister at I Am The Future 18 says, It's like I want them to compete all at once, but I can't. Now I know what you mean. You want a a highlight reel sort of match. But the only way where that's possible is in the always... Always seemingly to be underwhelming battle royal for tag teams. It's it's just never never really gone right. It doesn't give each member of the team chance to shine. One elimination and you're out. It's it's not my personal cup of tea. Uh, let's take some noteworthy teams though and uh, and turn them back into championship status. And then a whole really sad thread about the ascension came up. But there were good answers featuring the ascension. Absolutely were. Let me scroll down a little bit to find those right away while I'm talking about it. Ascension versus Revival versus Sanity versus Undisputed Era by Pickle Nate at Nuclear Shrimp 22, Young and Wolf and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish representing Sanity and Undisputed Era respectively. So very good answer, Nate. Thank you for that one. The first one featuring the Ascension. I had to bring one of those up right away, but we have Boozy Boy 37 Answering DIY versus Revival versus Lucha Dragons. Lucha Dragons, the team to dethrone the Ascension's longest reigning NXT title run. And he gave a singles answer that I really like also. Killian Dane versus Big E. Now that's one I really want to see happen at some point in SmackDown Live singles action. So thank you for that answer, even though it didn't quite go with the rest of the thread. But moving on to at WrestleFPW, some of one of my favorite Twitter accounts to follow and interact with. You guys are doing a hell of a job over there as well. Gotta go with Revival versus Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. And the stipulation would be a tag team match. Now, I just mentioned how I would always put Adam Cole in a singles match when possible. But K.O.R. and Adam Cole, two guys with ROH experience, one half of Red Dragon, teaming with Cole, Cole, and Kyle there's there's something there, so thank you to Russell FPW as well. Graps Talk at Graps Talk has American Alpha versus Sanity No Disqualification. What combination of sanity? The question is always Wolf and Young Dane's better as a singles threat or as an outside factor. We've seen him be an outside factor many a time. Go back to take over Brooklyn three. That's what I immediately think. Revival vs. Sanity from Brotherly Love Wrestling. Revival vs. Sanity's representatives being Killian Dane and Eric Young. Nice. Nice. I like that one. A ladder match at TakeOver Philly. Some hometown love putting on one hell of a match for yourselves. Guys, That's that's a great answer. I love that one as well. Revival and Sanity just barely missing the chance to compete against each other for the tag team titles, really. If you think about it, their timelines in NXT for Championship Gold just didn't quite line up. And Brett Perry, one devoted member of Team NXT. American Alpha versus Fish and O'Reilly, two out of three falls. I would be ready, willing, and gable to see that one. That would be a technical spectacle for sure. Now here's one nobody else answered. And a lot of people forget our former NXT tag team champions. Corey Graves and Adrian Neville versus Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano in a ladder match. That would be good times, Jeremy. Absolutely. At EP Lands NFL. At EP Lands NFL. I want to get you a couple followers there, buddy. That was a really good answer. To see Corey Graves or Neville compete again would really be a blessing. And then we have shirtless John Cena in a Jeep at I Follow WWE, answering Undisputed Era versus the Wyatt Family ladder match at TLC. Wyatt and Cole included as far as a 3v3. 3v3 could be better. It was an idea that I volunteered. He was thinking Red Dragon versus the current Bludgeon Brothers representatives in Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. So a 3v3 Tornado tag ladder match TLC type situation or the Bludgeons versus Red Dragon. Either way, that's a good time. My fellow NXT podcast, my friends, I'm pretty sure this was Nick answering this one. Uh, Phil, I apologize if this was you, but Revival and Undisputed Era at TakeOver Brooklyn 4, Tornado Tag, that might have been future fantasy booking on your guys' part. I love that idea as well. And I, of course, asked them any combination, and they agreed with my idea for the veteran tag team chemistry of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly taking on the tag team specialists. I really feel that the Red Dragon chemistry is needed when you go up against a well-oiled machine team like Dash and Dawson. At Colton Philpot, at... I'm sorry, buddy, Uh, you got way too long of an at name, and I just want to get right to your question. One-on-one, Luke Harper versus Killian Dane. Another one I really want to see on the SmackDown Live television at some point. 2v2, DIY versus Lucha Dragons. Two of the teams to have some of the most shocking dethrones in NXT history. Lucha Dragons, as I mentioned, ending the Ascension's reign, and DIY disarming the top guys in the revival at NXT. Take over tornado, uh, tornado. I'm thinking Tornado Tags. Take over Toronto in an absolutely emotional moment for Champa and Gargano prior to all the bad blood we have been discussing. The Ascension versus AOP. We're talking dominant Ascension, Kyle DeWitt at KH, Isle DeWitt. Very interesting and unique way to spell Kyle. I'll give you that one. The Ascension were obviously the more dominant team with 365 days of being undefeated, but AOP were very dominant too, so it's time to see who's the more dominant team. It's a match all about dominance. I really can't sell that any better. And if I had to talk about it here on the show, if it was something I was hyping up, I would use Dominant that many times as well. So good on you, Kyle. Peak Ascension versus AOP would have been a hard-hitting match for bragging rights over Dominance for NXT. At Demon King, hi? H-I-E-I. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, a last-man-standing tag team match undisputed era versus the ascension lots of combos for a uh, for that recommendation there what combo of ue is their favorite probably the combo they haven't seen yet bobby and roderick strong forgot somebody answered that it would be interesting to see i really can't say more other than what i've already talked about and michael 319 looks like an equivalent to the formula to pi minus 314 Maybe he switched the four and the nine because three at Michael 31942481 says the NXT championship has gone through a lot of changes. These titles of the NXT tag team championships. He's one of the anime as as a profile picture guys. So I'm going to assume you're uh you're either a robot or a small child, just hoping to join in on the interaction, but it seems like a very positive tweet, and uh, I'm going to give you credit where credit is due there. Thank you so much for these two championship threads here, Team NXT. I'm going to try and tag everybody in a group photo or group thread once this episode is released. I'm hoping to do it exactly one week from TakeOver Chicago, but I can't always promise what my weekend schedule is going to look like, so I'm hoping for Sunday afternoon, possibly where a takeover or pay-per-view pre-show might line up, and uh, I'm drifting towards 52 minutes here, so if you don't get a chance to listen to it over the weekend, I will definitely have your back once the commute to work on Monday rolls around. Thank you so much for listening once again, episode 55. We are on the turmoil-filled road to take over Chicago, and I'll be with you every stop along the way. I am CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT coverage. Thank you to everybody who participated in these threads. Shout out to every single podcast who interacts with me during my main roster interactions and live tweets at podcast underscore UF, being that Twitter at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. It's a very occasional posting thing, but I find a really meaningful meme or some cool event going on near me or a picture of my dog in his wrestling bed with his money-in-the-bank old-school briefcase toy. There's there's always some sort of gem, so if you want to give that a follow, I'll always use a bunch of wrestling hashtags so it comes up in your feed. Um, I don't have a Snapchat for the podcast soon. Uh, I think I'm going to do a UF poll for that, Uh, It would be a really cool way to interact with you guys via live events. And if anybody wants to give a follow and add to the story, tag me in a bunch of things. I know Snapchat is a iffy medium, especially since the upgrade, but it's an idea I've been tossing around. So shout out to me if you think that's a good idea, bad idea, or if you're indifferent but would follow it anyway. Either of those responses are acceptable. And of course, find me on Facebook. Um, Very seldomly posting there, trying to get back on my Main game when it comes to social media. You'll find any way to listen to me, though, whether it be SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, the three big ones. Podbean, I'm up there. Spotify, I'm trying my best. Um, I'm on a bunch of third-party sites. Anything that uses my RSS feed. Once again, thank you so much, Team NXT, for joining me. Once again, if it's your 50th time or your first time, I appreciate you joining me for NXT discussion. Have a great week. Happy Rusev Day, and I will see you for the pre-Takeover Chicago 2 show.